Hi, welcome to Old School with Patrick Rooney, the podcast where old school wisdom is new again. I explore natural health, success, and freedom with my amazing guests. Patrick Rooney with Old School, OldSchoolUS.com, and the Old School Podcast. I'm doing a whole series, as you may know, on success, and I'm bringing on people that can help you have better success in many areas of your life, especially now that we're getting out of the COVID situation. The riots are hopefully a little bit slightly in the rearview mirror, at least for some of us, and it's ready. we're ready to do things. We're ready to, to make money. We're ready to have success and build up our, our lives, our families, and our community. So today I have a special guest, and his name is Joe Grande. And I'm going to bring him on in just a minute here. There we go. Hey, Joe. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Yes, hear me all right? Yeah, my centered okay? You're good. Okay. You're good, Joe. All right. Um, I wanted to welcome you, uh, Joe Grande, to the uh, Old School Podcast with Patrick Rooney. And uh, as I said, I'm bringing people on. Uh, dealing with success right now. I want to see Americans have success. I've had enough of sitting around, listening to mandate after mandate, and uh, that's not what Americans do to me. Americans are free, and we are having success and pursuing our happiness is part of being an American. And that's why I have people like you on, Joe. So Joe Grande, and just to tell you a little bit about Joe, um, Joe Grande is an entrepreneur. Uh, he's been the owner of a printing and marketing company for the last three decades. So also for the last 20 years, he's been an investor in gold, silver, corresponding mining companies, and non-mainstream new technologies. So we'll get into that as well. What are these non-mainstream new technologies? Uh, Joe believes that you get out of life what you put into it. Amen. And has used this spirit not, to not only for financial success, but also to build his health, character, relationships, and to foster overall uh, personal growth. Very good. So we're going to get into all those things uh, today with, with Joe. So Joe, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, um, I want to talk about, first of all, I want to talk about um, gold. It's the first thing I thought about when, when wanting to have you on, talking with your friend Greg about this, and he recommended you, he said, this guy studied uh, gold and technologies like this, like nobody else I know, who's not officially in the industry, so to speak, right? So um, let's start out with gold as an investment. Why should somebody be interested in gold to begin with as an investment? Okay, let me just first start by saying that I'm not a financial per, per, uh, professional. This sure. is something that I do um, it's a hobby to me, but it's really a second business. I'm very passionate about it. I spent, I can't tell you the number of thousands of hours studying it. Why invest in gold? Okay, let's just start what's happening with COVID right now, not as a medical problem, but as a financial problem. Mm -hmm. So what COVID has done is it shut down our financial system. And it's making where it's very, very difficult for government to bring in tax revenue. So if they cannot bring in tax revenue, what are you know what can they do to survive? Um, what they what they are doing is they're printing money. In the old days, you would have to print money on a printing press. Right. In this day and age, it's just done electronically. So they are creating money out of thin air electronically. 
Now, haven't, haven't they been doing that for some time now? Yes, they have. So for about the last 50 years, or even longer than that, but the last 50 years when we got off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has to been the reserve currency of the world. So to do business across the world, most countries got to trade in U.S. dollars, especially if you want to buy or sell oil. Because of that, because there has been such a demand for U.S. dollars to do international trade, they've been able to print money in the United States and keep the dollar uh, holding its value. Um, in other parts of the world that don't have the luxury of the U.S. dollar being the reserve currency, when they print dollars out of thin air, they destroy their currency. So look at so many countries across the world, Zimbabwe, Argentina. These are countries that when they would just print money, you know, print money, create electronically and spend it, it destroys their currency and their population ends up having to work much, much harder to make the same amount of real dollars. Is well, that why their standards of living are so low around the world? Yes, very much so. You know, we've been blessed in America. We don't realize it. You know, although we do so many good things in America, by being the reserve currency of the world, we get, you know, we get much more value for our dollars that we spent. But also realize that in the last hundred years, what the dollar could buy a hundred years ago compared to now, it's lost 99% of its value. So let's just look in our lives in, you know, I'm 56 years old. You know, what did a loaf of bread cost 40 years ago? What did a car cost, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago? Everything is going up in price. The reason why it's going up in price is because the dollar is losing its value. Right. And, you know, that's why, you know, governments, you talked about, you know, should we have a gold standard or not? Governments don't want a gold standard because if they have a gold standard, they cannot just print money and spend it to giving it to all their different constituents. You know, okay, these people want this, this program, we're going to give them the money. If you have a gold standard, you cannot create money out of thin air and have these types of programs. That's why are there, any, are there anybody, I was, I was going to get into the gold standard in a little bit, but now that we're on it a little bit, do, do any countries in the world anymore, I don't think anybody has a gold standard, right? No one does. No one does. So the, gold standard, the gold standard is basically just, you know, gold equals a certain amount of dollars, and it doesn't really fluctuate, right? It, you know, they say that if you look at what you can buy with an ounce of gold now, compared to 100 years ago, you can buy the same amount of that product. You can. So 100 years ago, it took you X number of gold coins to buy you know, the house you're living in. If you fast forward, you can use the same amount of ounces of gold to buy the same house you're living in. Okay. So, so what has happened is you're, the house you bought has gone up in price in the last 40, 50 years, but it really hasn't gone up in value. It's still the same value. It's just that the dollar has lost its value. So you need more dollars to buy the same product. Okay. So you're saying, so as an, as an investment, you're, so we're talking about two things here. One is an investment for people. The other thing is the dollar is worth I get if it's not connected to a gold standard, it's not connected to anything, right? I mean, it's just a piece of paper, technically, right? 
Well, technically, but you have to realize we are America. We are the greatest country in the world. We have incredible ingenuity. We have, you know, a populace that, you know, works so very hard, comes up with new technologies, new inventions. So there is a reason why, you know, other than, uh, you know, that people want to do business with America. Besides the dollar being the world's reserve currency, we are still the greatest country in the world. Mm. So there's a certain security. So if you have money to invest, do you want to invest it in a third world country where there's no rule of law? Or do you want to invest it in America where it, there is rule of law? Now, we're losing some of that rule of law. Um, so there's multiple reasons why you want to invest in America with your savings. Okay. You know, one is it's the, the world's reserve currency, but it's also we have rule of law more than any other country in the world. Right. And we also have business opportunities more than uh, any other country in the world. So there's multiple reasons why you know, people do want to hold dollars, even though they are inflating their value away. Okay, so they want to hold dollars to a point, but you're saying the reason to invest in gold is because the dollars keep losing value and if you invest in gold itself, you won't lose the value of what you're investing in? Yes. Okay. It's an insurance. It really, you know, what it is is insurance. So, you know, as you save your money, if you just put it in the bank and they say, okay, we're going to pay you 2% interest, you're really not making 2% interest. You're really losing money because with the inflation rate, everything goes up in price. The things that you need, you know, if you go to the supermarket now compared to a year, a year ago, Everything that you need has gone up in price dramatically. So your dollars are buying less. So you can hold the same amount of dollars and a year later, they really have less value, although you're still holding the same amount. Okay. So is there a point where the money, you know, I've heard about certain societies where, you know, you have to have like a whole uh, bushel of dollars and, you know, you buy a loaf of bread at a certain point when an economy just really tanks. What is it that makes at some point, it doesn't work anymore. I mean, it, the dollars lose more and more value. So it, where does it go? At the, when does it hit the point where it's just, uh, what do they call it, hyperinflation, I guess you'd say? Yes. So you're asking the big question. Um, there's a gentleman out there. His name is Jim Rickards. He's world-renowned financial man talking. He gets into uh, a lot about gold. And he is very – relationships with many of the people in the Federal Reserve that make these policy decisions regarding the, the US dollar and in his conversations with them you know he, he has concluded that the biggest fear they have with all the spending they're doing right now for with COVID is they don't know when they're going to hit that point you just spoke about like okay when is everybody going to say okay Americans are going crazy printing dollars and I don't want to hold them anymore. If you watch what the U.S. dollar has done over the last, you know, four or five months, it's probably lost about six, seven percent of its value. Wow. Um, now we have the fall coming, and you have to realize that, you know, the first, you know, three, four, five months of COVID, things have stayed together because they gave people massive unemployment insurance, they gave small businesses massive amount of loans that are forgivable. That's all done now. That's yeah. all done. So over the next few months, you're going to have all these government organizations that are not going to have the tax revenue that they're used to having. So the question becomes, are they going to cut expenses? Are they going to start laying off people? Or is the government going to print more money, create more money out of thin air to keep everything going? 
I think they're going to do the latter. When they do that, then you're going to find that gold and silver are going to get, you know, even, even do better than they're doing right now. And they've done very well over the last few months right. because they are the insurance everybody in the world looks to to protect their savings. Okay. You know. So how do, how do the uh, executive orders that Trump just put out, President Trump, so I just call him Trump, I, I don't think he minds. <laughs> uh, how, how do the executive orders that, that President Trump just put together, how are they, they seem to be things that would, I, I would think positively affect the economy, but in maybe in some ways they would help the inflation problem get worse too. So what do you, how do you say that? Okay, so the way I look at it is, you know, whether you're Republican or Democrat, I'm a Trump supporter. I voted for Trump. Yeah, as am I. <laughs> yeah, you know, you have to look that when you do not have production, any dollars created are not created properly. So if a business is given money by the government and that allows them to survive for another three months, that's not healthy. If you allow the economy to open up and make businesses produce their own revenue on their own, that's what is healthy. So, um, aren't we starting to do that though right now? I I mean, I see businesses starting to open up. I see more and more people out there going out, and and, you know, retail seems to be going up, real estate. I, I agree with you. It's starting. It's starting, but you know. We're nowhere near where where we need to be, in my opinion, to really get the economy going. So they're forced. And what Trump has done is he's you know it's come up with another trillion and a half dollars in spending, that is just money they're going to create you know electronically out of thin air. So that's going to lead to the dollars we have in our pockets losing value. It's very difficult to have a perfect mathematical formula to say okay. When this happens, this happens. But, you know, we all know, big money knows across the world that all governments, all big governments do not have enough revenue coming in to, to spend the way they have normally, uh, normally spent. So what they're all doing is they're creating the money electronically. Mm-hmm. That's why gold is a very good investment in well, this day and age to protect well, Right. So that's why we've had all this inflation, because the economy has been so bad, they'd be just pumping money into it, basically. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So where are we going? So from here, you think it's very possible, or people are saying it's very possible, we may end up in a hyperinflation situation. Would it be hyperinflation or something else? I don't think it's going to be hyperinflation. You know, um, to do hyperinflation, to have hyperinflation, you have to have literally money given by the government you know, for all of us to spend on a daily basis, okay? And it's not that out of control. Now, is it something that we have to be concerned with? Yes. Could it eventually get there if we get Joe Biden as president and he decides to bail out all the cities and the states across the country that have mismanaged their finances for decades? Yes. But I don't think we're close to it, to be perfectly honest with you, in my opinion. Okay, so um, where do you think we're generally going here? In other words, uh, or, um, you know, I, I, what, is, what is Trump trying to do? I mean, where, where do you think he's going with things? And do you think that's going to be successful? Like you said, the executive order is probably not going to be successful in a way. But on the other hand, somebody would have given them the money, right? Nancy Pelosi would have given more and more money than he would have given. 
please, I would have made the same decision that Trump made with the hand he has to play. But it's not the proper decision to make if it was made by people who truly love this country, who truly understand business and productivity. Okay. Um, he had to do what he had to do, and he made right. the right decision. Now, although, it's an, you know, okay. although it's an illegal decision, he did what he had to do. The people on the other side of the table are not playing fairly, and I think we're in very special times in history. So right. I would have done the same thing that he did. You know, the only way we have to get the economy open again and we have to let business do what it does best, you know, create value. Um, you know, government cannot create value. You know, business people create value. Businesses create value. They're doing everything they can, I think, purposely to destroy small business in this country. Because when you're a small business, I'm a small business person. I've been doing it for 30 years. I now do need, I do not need the government to take care of me. I, I can take care of myself. I can now speak up. If I was in a position where I had to worry about what people thought I would be saying because it would get me in trouble, I couldn't do this interview with you. Yeah. Although, you know, it's small, but I couldn't. Hey, now, it's small. <laughs> <laughs> I have independence. I have independence. And what that has allowed me to do is to you know, live the life the way I want to live my life. Yeah. And it's like, if you were, if you were an employee today, I mean, the average employee, they've got the average employee in a position where they have to shut their mouth or lose their job for the most part, or be threatened to lose their job. Yes. So, so I think yeah, they're trying to do is purposely shut down small business. They want everybody to be, you know, working for bigger companies where they never question government. They never right. question bureaucracy. Um, okay. Well, let me let me ask you this. And I, I'm hearing that Trump uh, supposedly wants to some degree sees what's happening. He's well aware that the economy will collapse at some point, um, but he's doing what he's doing anyway, and he's hoping to usher in uh, the gold standard. Okay. So, is that what do you know about it? Do you think that's true? And and how how do you see that? I mean, do you think that he actually knows? things are going to collapse. He's a smart business guy, obviously. And that he is, has the gold standard in place. I've heard like with the federal reserve, he put it, he moved it to a different department and he has a new lady coming in who's going to be running it. What can you tell us about what you think his plans are in that direction? Okay. Um, first off, I think we're going to have a gold standard, but it's not going to happen in an organized fashion like you're speaking of. Okay. I think what's happening is, smart money across the world. And I like to consider myself smart money. Um, I worked very hard to get where I am to build my wealth. Yeah. Um, we are getting into gold and silver because we understand what is happening. Okay. Across the world and not just in America and in, in every government across the world, the same thing is happening. They're debasing their currency. Yeah. So people like myself are watching this occur and then we're going to gold and silver. You know, you say, well, why gold and silver? Why not oil? Why not, you know, grains? Why not real estate? The reason why gold and silver have always been um, the thing to turn to in the course of history is because, you know, the natural forces of, of things just work, you know, in an amazing way. And with gold and silver, there's only a certain amount of it. So it's impossible for governments to control it. And you're gonna say, and I'm gonna get into a little bit of that when you're ready, how they try, how they have controlled it for the last 30 years. 
but now they cannot control it. So what's happening is smart money across the world are saying, I, and, and it's not people talking to each other. It's just people making the decisions on their own. And there's just tens of thousands of them thinking the same way, you know, millions of them. Well, you know what? I need gold and silver to protect myself. And that's what's happening. And we're getting a natural gold standard. So people to protect their wealth are just doing it on their own. If you have to get, you know, all the government bureaucracies across the world to agree on this, they're not going to agree on it in a way that would make me and you happy because they, they're going to lose their ability to create money out of thin air and make the local populace um, happy and kick the, the financial can down the road where we have to really do things right. Okay. You know, they don't want to do things right. So what? To, so let's take on a practical level. Let's say more and more people get gold and silver. And I'm, I'm, asked, I'm, I'm assuming that gold, you know, gold being the most valuable because it's, you know, it's, it's considered throughout history very valuable. And then silver less so. Um, but uh, I, the way I picture silver or like, you know, there's things like junk silver where it used to, what was it pre-1965, I believe, where basically they had silver in the coins. I don't think there's any silver in the coins anymore at all, right? There is not. There is not. Okay, so what is, is gold for amassing or is it at some point for trading for large ticket items, silver for buying smaller items, or how do you see it playing out in, a, in an actual situation? Well, many times over the course of history, silver has been you know, used just like gold as a monetary metal. Um, so over the course of history, silver has been used very similar to gold. What, the reason why silver, I think, is going to be so valuable moving forward is right now gold is somewhere around $2,000 an ounce. How many people could afford to buy a lot of gold? Not many. Not many. Whereas silver, it's somewhere around a little less than $30 an ounce. Um, okay. And then also, and how do you buy something? You know, how do you buy a loaf of bread with, with, with one thing of silver? You know, it's like, give me the change. I mean, how are you going to do that? Exactly. Exactly. So if we ever do get to the point, which I hope we don't get to the point where things fall apart, you know, so horribly where we have to start using our, our, our silver coins to buy stuff, our gold coins to buy stuff, um, you can't really use gold. You would have to use silver. Okay. So, Outside of that, it's just a hedge, basically. I mean, it's like a hedge against losing your wealth, period, during tough times. Yeah, it's a hedge. For me, it's been a way. I, I saw this many years ago. And I saw this as a way not only to protect myself, but also to build my wealth. Right. Um, you know, right now, this conversation we're having is, have, is being, um, conversations like this is just happening by the minor, minority, like one, two, three percent of the people across the world, next to no one. So, you know, you may think you have a small podcast here, but you're light years ahead of major organizations in your thinking. Um, and, you know, so, you know, we're still very early in this run. Now, I do think, you know, the first thing you should be buying gold and so forth is to protect yourself. Yeah. But for me, I'm looking also at opportunities to make money by investing in them. Okay. Um, and you mentioned, you mentioned uh, real estate. Isn't real estate also, obviously, it's a finite resource also. Is there a negative, other than the fact it takes a while to sell it, you can't, you know, it's not as liquid, but is there another negative to real estate out there that, in comparison? Okay, the way, I, the way I explain it to some of the young people in my life, there's lots of different ways to make money. You have to do what really works best for you. And if you're a person who's into technology that works best for you, fine. Um, you know, can you make money in real estate? Yes, you can. But 
I mean, in this day and age, you know, so now with the decisions are the, uh, the cities made when we had the riding to do nothing, they basically destroyed real estate in the cities, literally in a matter of two weeks, yeah. two weeks. So who in their right mind wants to invest in real estate in the cities at this point in time? Yeah, Next it's, up, it's coming out my way now. <laughs> I'm in the rural area. So yeah. Next up, you know, okay, office buildings. Let's, you know, everybody needs a business, needs an office. Well, now with this COVID thing, does everybody need an office? No. You know, right now we're having a conversation, you know, do we really need, you know, no. an office? No. So, um, you know, I've said, I'm very, very biased, I'll be honest with this. I think gold, silver, and the corresponding mining stocks are going to be the best investment of our generation. Hmm. Okay, um, let's, let's get into that for a minute. And I remember there was a time a few years ago where mining stocks were not good because I guess part of that was because Obama was doing so, you know, destroying so many aspects of business. Like he was hurting companies from even staying afloat. Is that kind of the way it went, right? Well, when gold and silver pricing gets hit, so in 2011, gold and silver, silver was at $50. And in March, it got literally down to $12. What is it now? Um, what is it now? Uh, now it's about twenty nine thirty dollars um, yeah. at, at this point. Gold got up to nineteen hundred and twenty dollars in two thousand eleven, and it got down to a little over a thousand dollars. Right now, it's at its highs. It's at its highs. Why is there a discrepancy? I mean, almost thirty dollars an ounce for silver doesn't sound very expensive to me. Why is there such a discrepancy there? Um, Okay, I'm going to get into a little bit of conspiracy here now. Um, All right, go for it. Okay, so there's a, there's a group called the Gold Antitrust Action Committee, and they have been for the last, you know, over 20 years now, they've been trying to, um, they've done a fantastic job of educating people how gold and silver pricing has been suppressed by government because in the history of the world, gold and silver has always been the barometer of a truly healthy economy. So 25 years ago, our government understood that, you know what, you know, if we want to just print money and do things in an improper manner, we have to find a way to control the price of gold and silver, because otherwise it's going to wave the flag that we're doing crazy things. The U.S. dollar is losing value. Sure, sure. So, so what they did was they started trading gold and silver in the paper markets as a paper contract, not as physical. Okay. When they did that, through paper contracts, they were able to control the price of gold and silver for the last 25 years. Whenever gold would go on a nice run, they would literally sell into the market massive amounts of paper contracts not backed by any real physical in gold, and they were been able to suppress the price. Okay, but what has happened now is the people at the at the uh, Gold Antitrust Action Committee have done such a great job over the last twenty years of educating people this. Now, what people are doing is they're not buying the paper contracts anymore because they know it's all smoke and mirrors. They're buying the actual physical gold and silver. Okay. And in the physical, uh, in the um, electronic gold exchange, the COMEX, in uh, the United States, last month was the biggest amount of people taking delivery of gold ever. Interesting. So what's happening now is, and this is why the gold, in my opinion, is going to be the investment of our generation. It's not so much because it brings stability 
yes, you know, we, we got crazy things going on. You want to own gold and silver because they're printing so much money. They're creating so much money out of thin air. And that is going to give you security. You want to do that. But the reason why is we, the powers that be have held the gold in price of, of sil the pricing of gold and silver down for so long that people think it's a normal market now. It's not a normal market. It's a market that's about to take a slingshot. It's going to go like you cannot imagine. Very biased. I will tell you, I'm very, very biased. Um, but, but what about, I, but, what, but, but again, getting back to the silver question, it seems like the ratio is off. I mean, I don't, $30 an ounce seems pretty low to me for silver in comparison yeah. to gold skyrocketing. You know, normally, for every ounce of gold coming out of the ground, you have approximately 15 ounces of silver coming out of the ground. So you, over history, you have normally like a 15 to 1 ratio. That ratio is way out of whack right now. But the reason why it's out of whack is because of the paper markets holding down the price of silver. Mm -hmm. um, we think that is beginning to end. So in somewhere around March 23rd, I believe it is the date, it was like the middle of March, Silver literally got down to about twelve dollars an ounce. As of why are they able to why are they able to hold silver down right now, but not gold? Um, well, they're they're not holding either of them down now. But silver has gone from about twelve dollars; it was thirty dollars a day or two ago. Okay, so it has gone up more than double. Oh, and um, how long did that take? And what period of time was that? Uh, from somewhere around middle of March to somewhere around now. Okay, pretty so, quick. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. Okay. Okay. And, so moving up. Okay. Now so let's, let's go ahead. Finish that if you want. So I think we're just seeing the beginning of it. So now they, they can no longer control pricing through the use of paper trading. People are buying real gold and silver. Yeah. That's why it is the perfect. You know, that's why nature created gold and silver. So this way um, there's no way to control, you know, um, the, what politicians will print in money unless you have something like this, a barometer for people to see what they're really doing. And they've been able to shut that barometer off for the last 25 years. Now they can't shut it off anymore because people understand what's really happening. They're not playing the paper game anymore. They're buying the physical gold right. and silver and it continues to go up. I hope it's a lot yeah, I'm throwing at you. I, I hope sense. it makes sense. It makes sense. Now, can a government, I started to allude to this earlier, can't a government attack mining as, as because mining's a company. So can't they attack business and therefore attack the amount of silver or gold that's being mined from the ground? Realize when they do that, what does that do? That limits the supply of gold and silver Make coming from the market. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happened with COVID. So they shut, they shut down a lot of the silver mines. Uh, a ton of silver comes out of Mexico and Peru. They okay. shut that down for three, four months, and that has helped push the price of silver up because they haven't had enough oh. physical supply. Half of uh, silver goes into industry. It's, all, it's in all our smartphones and things like that. Right. So there's been a real demand for silver, and with the COVID uh, shutting down a lot of the silver mines for, for a few months, that has really helped push the price of silver up. Well, they, can, they can't really mess with it, gold. I mean, yes, they can try to shut the companies down, but all they do is drive the price of, of it up to begin with if they do that. Okay. Yes. So yeah. if somebody wants to get involved with gold, silver, or when you say precious metals, are we basically talking about just gold and silver? Or are there some other precious metals? There's a couple other precious metals, but the world That's thinks like really, right? yeah. 
I don't know anything about them, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm a gold and silver guy. Okay. And if you want to invest in gold and silver, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. The first way to do it, and this is how I started many years ago, is with collect coins. And they're called numismatics. I would not do that. You're basically paying a premium for the coins. I didn't know better when I originally started doing this, you know, over 20 years ago. And I started out, you know, buying collector coins and I paid a lot more for them. So, so that is not. So it's like a collector's thing. You're kind of getting into the zone of artwork or something where it's like collectors versus the actual value of the precious metal, right? Yeah. So basically what they do, they take these coins, they're put in special packaging yeah. and they're, they, there's no scratches on them, things of that nature. And if that's your thing, you know, coin collecting, fine. But if you're going to invest, you know, for gold and silver as protection, I would not go the numismatic route okay. to collect. What, what, what route do you go? Okay. The easiest way you can do it is you can just go to your local, you know, coin store and buy them. But again, you have to be very, very careful because, you know, if you don't know what you're buying, you know, um, it, you, it's easy to have people take advantage of you. You know, so what I would do is I would look at some of the, you know, the larger dealers, you know, Miles Franklin is one of them. Um, the people out there I use and, you know, I, I live in Pennsylvania, not far from me is Fidelitrade in Delaware. Shop around, call three, four, five of these people and say, okay, um, you know, if you just want to buy, you know, physical gold and silver, you buy the one ounce um, American Eagles. They make them in gold and silver. Okay. Um, they also make the half ounce and they also make the tenth of an ounce in the gold. So you could just buy a coin and you can have the coin shipped to your house. You could bury them in your yard if that's the way you want to go. Um, most people do it, I would think, to put them in a safe or something like that or. Yes, yes. And just don't do something that's obvious where someone can yeah. come to your house and say, yeah. okay, here's the safe, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Um, is, there any, is there any privacy anymore with precious metals or is that gone after, with the internet age? Um, you know, when it comes to selling them, they got to report it. I don't know the rules, to be perfectly okay. honest with you. I, everything that I bought over the years, I've never sold anything. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, it's always been, you know, an investment. You're acquiring it and, and building well. So you would, so you would do that in terms of, uh, is there any kind of break off in terms of, um, or is it just a personal thing of like how much gold you may buy, how much silver you may buy in terms of, uh, what do you call that allocation? I guess you'd say of, of how much of this, how much of that, or is there any, any, I guess, thoughts you have on that? Okay. Well, most people say you should, you know, diversify in your investments and you should have, you know, nothing more than 10% in gold and silver. And some people say 20%. I break all those rules, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I am not one to listen to the mainstream. Okay, this is how you're supposed to invest. I think every person's different. You got to look at what works for you. Well, Warren Buffett would say, you know, Warren Buffett would say, he, I used to hear him say, he doesn't believe in diversification. He said, basically, get what you got, have it in a few things, and watch them real carefully. <laughs> to me, I, you know, I think at different times in history, there's opportunities. I think if you would have gotten real estate 30 years ago, you could have basically just bought real estate and done nothing and made tons and tons of money. You know, for me, um, I see gold and silver doing nothing but going up. Now, does that mean you should take everything you have and put it in tomorrow? No, you know, you have to do your research. You know, you have to be level-headed. You have to be able to make an investment and sleep at night. One thing about me is when I go to bed at night, 
I don't have any worries. I don't have any worries. I don't do anything crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. You can all, you, please go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if there's anything else you want to say about gold and silver, I was going to move on to any other investments and th other things that you know about. But if you wanted to finish off gold and silver. Now, a few different ways. So you can also buy um, um, a product where you can uh, purchase gold and silver like you buy a stock and they hold it for you. Okay. Um, and I think that's the easiest way to do it. But there's a, there's a few different ways to do that. I'm just going to talk about each of them real briefly. Sure. Sure. Make sure when you do that, they actually have the physical gold and silver where you know it's there. Okay. Some of the ETFs, um, the GLD for gold, the SLV for silver, in their prospectus, a lot of people say that they do not have to have the actual physical, physical backing what you're buying. Huh. So be very, very suspicious about that. Make sure you get into a fund that you know has the physical gold and silver. But is there a reason, I mean, what, I guess there's a reason for people to want to get something on an ETF or something, but it seems like when you want to get real money, it seems more natural to want to have the real money with you. You know, to have- I think everybody's different. You know, me, I have a mixture. I have a mixture. You know, and it depends what your wealth is. If you know, some people have substantial wealth, yeah, and they want to, you know, uh, they want to have, you know, at different places. So everybody understand that. That's kind of a certain diversification in a certain way. Yeah, you know, and, and also you can um, you could buy it in the futures market, which I would suggest not doing because that's the paper game I spoke about earlier. Hmm. So you think you're buying gold and silver, really you're not. You're buying paper contracts. Okay. So be very, very suspicious about that. Um, and then the last place is you could buy the mining stocks. But the mining stocks, you, you have to do your homework. You get great leverage with mining stocks. So if gold goes up a dollar, most likely your mining stocks are going to go up a larger percentage. You know, yeah. and, and there's all different types of mining stocks, but it can get extremely, extremely risky. To be very careful. Yeah, and, you, and you've got more to think about. I mean, now you're getting into a company. You're you're getting into regular stocks like that. You have to look at the company, and if the company is no good, you lose all your money. Yes, yes, and and you know, to me, I'm a business person. I love it. I love searching these companies out, trying yeah. to find them um, when there's blood on the streets. Nobody wants to own them, and uh, it's a lot of fun for me. And it's just you just get a great, great, you know, feel when you find something nobody else has found. And, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you, do you have a way that you do that, that you look at a company? Is it a particular way? Um, I do. I do not understand the technicals of gold mining, you know, very well. I'm a business person. So it has to make sense to me. It has to be in a good political jurisdiction where it's safe. Okay. It has to be where their drill results are good and experts say they're good. So what I do is I get multiple newsletters of people that I highly respect that wow. very much understand and they can say, okay, these drill results are good. Um, and then you have to have good management that's honest and you have to have, uh, you know, a reasonable share count. If they got, you know, 500 million shares outstanding, it's very difficult to make money if you own, you know, a hundred shares. Um, By the way, how do you how do you find these newsletters that are that are good newsletters? You know, you've probably spent a lot of time looking at bad ones and good ones over the years. Yeah, I've been doing this now for twenty years. I made a ton of mistakes, a ton of mistakes, 
And I will tell you this, it's like anything in life, you know, you got to work at it and, um, and you got to find honest people. You find honest people and that's, you know, um, like, you know, when you want to get your refrigerator fixed, you want somebody you can trust. Yeah. It's the same thing with these newsletters. If somebody, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to make it $10 million in a week, you know, run from it. Don't walk from it, run from it. Um, there's a lot of risk involved and I've just spent a lot of time going to trade shows. You've gone through a lot of different, you've seen some bad ones some good ones and you just, at a certain point, you know who you can trust based on if they're telling you information that makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there's nothing like experience. The one thing I will say is when you don't have a lot of experience, you got to rely on good newsletter people and you have to understand the risk involved. If you're somebody who doesn't want a lot of risk, you go with the, the bigger companies, what they call the majors. Okay. If you want a little bit of risk, you go with the juniors or the medium-sized companies. If you want to make a whole lot of money and take a lot of risk, um, then you go with the expiration companies. But there's different segments, and that's just its a whole other conversation. So are there websites or newsletters that you may recommend in terms of knowledge for the person who wants to get in the game a little bit? Um, yes. Um, if somebody, do people have a way to reach out to you? Um, I could write something up that you could forward to them if, if they want to do that. It's something I want to think about and probably put in well, writing. Also, I don't know if you uh, want people to be able to get in touch with you if they, you know, an email. I'll address. give an email. I'll give an email address at the end. If, okay. Uh, if anybody has any questions, it'd be my pleasure to help in any way I can. That sounds good. Okay. So, yeah, because I, that's a, that saves people a lot of time to know who they can talk to and people that have been in the game for a long time. I mean, otherwise a person doesn't know they're going to be green. They're going to get in. They're going to lose their shirt. You know, they don't know. Yeah. What so I have to say, I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And, and I guess that's part of success, right? Is just being willing to try and fail and get up again and do the Edison thing. Right. You just keep trying a thousand ways to make the light bulb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, in terms of um, any other types of uh, investments that you have looked into, like let's say we talked a little bit before the show about things like Bitcoin, which you call what is the name of a Bitcoin? You call it also something else? Uh, cryptocurrency. Currency. You were going to tell me a little bit about what you think of, because there's so many people that are into that. I know next to nothing about them, quite frankly, but there are people that really swear by these, and you were going to give me your take on that. Okay, so let's just talk about, you know, Bitcoin, uh, cryptocurrency. Well, people are calling Bitcoin the new gold. So basically what it is, it's a currency that it's in its own world, which mean you can trade. Anybody in the world can trade with each other. It's called blockchain. So the government does not have to be involved at all. So I can do a business deal with someone in a different part of the world, and I can send them three Bitcoins, and everybody in the world who's on that blockchain sees that I sent that person three Bitcoins. Okay. So, you know, the problem with Bitcoin is that it's like – um, being able to uh, print money out of thin air. They can create Bitcoins out of thin air. Wow. And, they, and they say, well, you know what, Joe? They haven't done that. They have a set amount of Bitcoins. I agree with that. I agree with that. But the one thing, you, what you have to do is compare Bitcoin. Why Bitcoin compared to gold and silver? The government does not like competition 
on their dollars. Any government across the world does not want competition. So gold, you know, when people start going to gold, it makes the U.S. dollar look bad, okay? Mm-hmm. And, there's, and the way the government has controlled that, as I spoke about earlier, is through paper gold and silver contracts. They've been, hold, been able to hold the gold and silver price down for years. But now, Mother Nature has caught up and said, okay, we're not allowing that anymore because there's not enough gold and silver, and people are buying it, and it's forcing the price of gold and silver up. So now the government cannot control that anymore. But with Bitcoin, the government can shut that down tomorrow. They could literally shut it down tomorrow. So if Bitcoin ever becomes true competition to the U.S. dollar, it'll be gone overnight. It'll be gone overnight. How do they how do they shut it down? I thought it was something that was kind of like uh, what's the word? Not centralized, but they can shut it down. You're saying? Well, well, it's very simple. It's, all you have to do is just change the rules on it. Okay. First of all, you cannot have a lot of transactions. It's not like Visa or Mastercard where you can have a lot of transactions. It's very. It can only handle a very small amount of transactions. So at any point in time, you know, tons of people have used Bitcoin, made money, never paid taxes on it. The government knows who didn't pay taxes on it. So all they have to do is they have the list ready to go. This is my opinion. This is in fact. But at a certain point in time, they say, okay, we want Bitcoin to end, you know, next month. And what they do is they just start the auditing process. Mm-hmm. And then they, they shut it down. Or they step into the electronic market and through the use of, um, you know, the different things they could do, they just disrupt the system. Um, I just don't think it's a natural thing, and I think that um, when the time is right, the government will shut it down. Right now, it's an insignificant part of the financial system. They're watching it. The reason why they're watching it and they like it is because they eventually want their own cryptocurrency in the U.S. Ah. Because they want to track everything we do. Right. How do you do that? You do that through a cryptocurrency. So they, they, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the government didn't create Bitcoin, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you, where did it come from to begin with? And, and where was the big push to all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it seemed like one day I woke up and saw cryptocurrency and I never heard of it. And it's like, where did this come from? You know what? It, it, supposedly a gentleman, um, you know, invented it there, you know. There's all sorts of stories out there. I don't know a whole lot about that, to be honest with you. It's funny, I, it's funny though, that you're saying it's such a thing that can be controlled because the way it's pushed is kind of like a freedom currency. I know, you know, even people I know, friends that, would, that are like really into it, that think it's like a freedom currency. Well, in China, when people were trying to get money out of the country because, you know, they were worried about the instability of China, they, people were doing it through Bitcoin. And what, the, what did the government do? And it stepped in and it put up roadblocks to not get the money out of the country. Okay. Now, they could track anything electronically, you know, the government. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, so you, that's what I would think. And I would think, I mean, again, I'm kind of like a real person. I'm into real stuff versus stuff through a computer, you know, for the most part. I know we're talking through a computer here, but you know what I mean? Um, and I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, as little as I know about this, just commonsensically what you're saying, you know, makes sense to me. And it sounds like you're on the right track about what you're saying about it. There's a lot of different viewpoints. That's my viewpoint. I have a lot of people made a lot of money. And if you got, er, if you got in early, you made a whole lot of money. But, you know, 
would I ever take a substantial amount of my wealth and put it in that? I would not. Yeah. Maybe it's my personality, but I would not. Okay. So are there any other, um, mentioned other uh, investments and things? Are there other ones we didn't cover that you wanted to bring up that you think are good investments? Well, one I just want to, you know, tell us some more of a story, you know, okay. because I think it, it, it's good. Like, first off, you know, in my opinion, when you're young, when I was, I'm 56 years old, I started my business when I was 27. And from the age of 27 to 45, I just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And I used to think, okay, how much longer can I do this? Do I ever get to really enjoy life, you know? <laughs> but God gave me the energy and I had to drive and I just kept going, going, going. But what I realized was, okay, I gotta, I won't be able to do this my whole life. I want to start working with my mind. So I started taking my extra dollars living below my, you know, my um, yeah. means, taking my extra dollars and investing, making my mind work for me. Yes. Now, it's funny. I could sit at my computer some days. I could be in the office busy as can be. And I can make more money watching my computer hitting, you know, refresh than I do running my business. You know, it's right. a nice feeling. Yeah. It kind of makes you into a bum at times, <laughs> but it's a nice feeling. So, you know, what I would say to, to, to your listeners, the people that truly want to be independent, live below your means, take some of that extra wealth and invest it. And you don't always have to invest it. You know, you're, you know, I'm talking about gold and gold has worked for me. And I do think it's, it's, it's important for you to have a, a certain amount of your wealth in there to protect yourself. Yeah. But find that thing that works for you. And we all have different personalities. We all have different interests. You know, people have made billions of dollars moving trash around. Yeah. You know, you know, all different things you sure. can do. And whatever works for you. Okay. Um, that makes about, sense. A uh, little story for you, interesting story. So three years ago, I was at a, a conference that mainly spoke about mining stocks. And, and there's other companies there looking for investors. And I normally wouldn't pay attention to them because I was really strictly just interested, uh, interested in gold and silver mining stocks. But as I'm there, they make people give three-minute presentations you know, in the main hall between the bigger presentations. And I'm sitting there and this company comes up and gives a three minute pre uh, presentation on a new technology to clean water. And it's like an incredible technology. I'm like, if these guys are telling the truth, this is incredible. So to make a long story short, I went to the breakout session and it was an amazing story they told. And then I did all my homework and I started investing in this company. And this company has come up with a technology that um, can clean water in a, you know, basically one-sixth the price of any other technology in the world. Nice. Now, it's still startup, still figuring things out. Well, they, all of a sudden, this COVID crisis comes out. And they said, well, let's just see if we can block, you know, our membrane can block the COVID. And sure enough, it can. So all of a sudden now we're pretty close to making face masks out of this. I know a lot of people have a problem with that, including myself. Um, but the nice thing about these face masks can be used in real life for surgeries and things yeah. like that. They're the best face masks in the world now. Oh, okay. yeah. And we're just starting to make them. And um, So this is a company that you're, you've invested in, is that what you're saying? I've invested in, yes. yes. Okay. Cool, cool. And my point is that, you know, take life where it goes. Right. And when you find those opportunities, they're going to come out of nowhere. And, you know, follow, you know, follow that intuition. And that I follow the intuition. And 
haven't made 10 cents yet, but I'm hoping in the next six months to a year, I'm going to be able to pat myself yeah. on the back on that one and say, you know what, I found a good one, a real good one. Well, so. you know, the, the exciting thing about that, I remember uh, I used to be interested in stock investing to some extent. And my favorite was always kind of like the Motley Fool type of, you know, they're small, but, you know, they may hit and then you get like 100 to 1, you know. It's, I don't know, something about hitting the home run was exciting or something. But that's, um, I always enjoyed that kind of thing the most, you know, finding something that was small. Most people probably have that idea of, of finding something small like Amazon when it's at three and then it just blew up or, or whatever. But it's, it's exciting to find something before it was big or before. It's almost like you're in on a little secret and then your secret blows up at some point. And I believe the average person will never get an opportunity with Google, with Facebook, things of, uh, of that nature. No. So if you're going to have to find those small companies, people like us that are working out of their garage and just getting started. Um, but, you know, I do think God gives us all intuition. And if we keep working at it, we do find those opportunities. They're coming up every day. Is this company you're talking about a private or public company? Um, it is a private company right now. We hope to go public in the not too distant future. All the guys that are involved in it all are working their, uh, you know, their butts off, working real, real hard. It's a big dream for all of them. Running into a lot of obstacles when you have a company that was nothing a few years ago, and now you have a new technology and you're trying to develop it, and you know you're always running out of money, <laughs> never enough money. Yeah, um, and that's the big thing. Maybe if we have. Maybe you let us know once it goes public and people can, can look at it. <laughs> oh, definitely do that. Definitely yeah. do that. Um, let, me, let me just move on. We don't have a, like a lot of time left, but I wanted to deal with the, at least a couple other things. And you, one of the things that you had uh, talked about before we, we got on is you mentioned you had, a, I, I guess, a health challenge of some kind and you were able to overcome it. And I wanted to hear a little bit about what, how, how you were able to do that and what it was. So it was the fall of 2010, and I just felt absolutely horrible. Self-employed, I'd work all day, I'd go home, and I'd just crash. I couldn't function. I gained a massive amount of weight. And, you know, so I went to the doctor, did all the normal testing, and they say, oh, you're fine, you're fine. I'm like, please don't tell me I'm fine. I'm not fine. Yeah, yeah you know it. <laughs> yeah. So then I just went on a search, and fortunately a, a friend of mine said, you might want to check this woman out, and if anybody has any you know, um, health issues they can't figure out. Her name is Sherry Rogers. She's an MD. She's absolutely brilliant. She's Sherry Rogers? Yeah. yeah. Sherry Rogers. She's brilliant. Um, and I read, before she'll even talk to you, she wants you to do, you know, your homework. So I had to read three books and I had to read uh, uh, a couple years for her newsletters. She hmm. says, to really do this properly, she goes, I don't want to waste your money. And I did it. And then we did the testing. It wasn't cheap, to be honest with you, but fortunately I was in a position to handle it. It wasn't covered by regular insurance. And she says, you know, there's something extraordinary going on in your body. I can tell you, you know, you have the testing of a healthy man. And she gave me four things to test, and one of them was mold. Turns out I had a massive mold problem in my house that got me incredibly sick. Um, and then... You know, I went on a journey, a long journey, and now it's now, you know, it's now 2020. I feel fantastic. I've lost 50 pounds. Yeah. I got incredible energy. My autoimmune problem is gone. I had an inflammation problem gone. 
So I really, I'm making a real long story short. Well, can, you say, can you say the general principle of how you were able to overcome it? I will tell you this. Um, you have, there's two things you have to do to be healthy. You have to detox. You know, we live in a world where, where we got constant toxins in our body. We don't realize it, but we have the most toxic society in the history of the world. Wow. <laughs> and, and so there's constant toxins, number one. So you, you got to detox. And number two, you have to supplement your, um, you know, your diet. You know, you got to mm -hmm. take supplements. Um, you have to find out, okay, you know, what am I lacking? What do I need? And take good supplements. Are you saying? Are you saying because? Uh, and I've heard this before, but are, are you saying because the food we have isn't necessarily what it once was? Is that the reason yeah. you're saying we need a supplement? Yeah, that's part of it. Also, genetically, we're all flawed to a certain extent. So for me, when they when we looked at my genetics, it turned out that my body did not have the system to detoxify working properly. And that was in my genetics. Hmm. So we had to do things extraordinarily for me, maybe not for you, to get my body to work properly. Okay. Um, I will tell you, if you read a couple of Sherry Rogers books, she always says that any book you read of hers will help everyone. Um, but it's a are great her books, story. Are her books on Amazon, Sher Sherry Rogers? Yeah, you know, you spend 20 bucks, you'll get a book, and you'll learn such an amazing amount. It'll be really, or, really Or her website, I suppose. I don't want to just pump uh, Amazon, the big company, yeah. but maybe she has her own website, probably. I believe her newsletter is called True Wellness off the top of my head. Okay. okay. But it's Sherry. Okay. Very good. And um, and so now it's, it's completely different. So at this point in your life, your health is great, and... Yeah, I'm getting better and better. I'm still working on it where I, you know, I always say I want optimal health. Um, sure. I believe God puts us on this earth on a journey. And I want to make sure that I get to the end of my journey and I find, you know, I do what God wants me to do in my life. Yeah, and, absolutely. Well, let me, let me, that leads me into kind of like the final thing I wanted to talk about, which was you were talking, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, I can't think of the term here, but basically, spiritual health let's call it or mental health or what have you uh character there's lots of different words we can use for that you wanted to talk a little bit about that and maybe how it is that you were able to find better spiritual mental health well-being so to speak yeah and we live in a society where they make you think that okay if you get you know people look at you 500,000 times on youtube you are you know going to find fulfillment and I, I just don't think that's the case. Uh, I just find, you know, what I do every day, I spend a half hour in the morning and a half hour in the evening. I just get quiet. You know, I just yeah. get quiet and I let God talk to me, you know. Um, and it's not, you know, something where, you know, you know, if I can, if I can get an email every day from my creator saying, okay, Joe, you need to do this today at this time. Boy, that'd be nice and easy. Yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. That's not how it works. You know, and I found that the greatest things in my life come from just, you know, letting it happen slowly and just working at it day after day after day, two steps forward, one step back. So do I you just, you just, are you, uh, do, is there any technique you do or are you silent and, and kind of let the, the still voice come into you? Um, foundation of human understanding has, uh, 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 a silent prayer. Yeah, I, I know that as well, and I, I, I've used that for many, many years. And I don't know if "use" it is the correct term here, but we people know what I mean. 
but I think it's beautiful and uh, it's, it's helped me a lot. I mean, I've come a long way from where I was before I was doing that. So I recommend that as well. I think it's, it's awesome. I'll put yeah. a link in our description here too. But and no matter where you are in life, you got another level to go. You know, yeah. I always look, you know, I'm 56. When I was 50, I'm like, I, I, I didn't know so many things I know now. Yeah. And when I was 40, I knew less. And I find that you're always growing. And, um, you know, if you're living life pro you know, properly, you're always growing. Yeah. And in our society, you know, we're told, you know, certain things, you know, make you happy, give you contentment. With me, it's been the complete opposite. I find that, you know, most of that stuff, you know, I've been very blessed in my life monetarily. I know that doesn't give me, you know, happiness. What gives me happiness is the way I created it, the things I've done, the things that I've built, and then doing something good with the money, not going living on an island or right. you know, driving a big fancy car and, you know, having the trophy wife. It's more, you know, doing something, you know, that God wants me to do in my journey with it. Absolutely. Now, I haven't asked you, but are, are you married, your family, or anything like that? Or? I'm a single guy. Never been married. I'm a single guy. Um, Never had a desire or just? No, I, I would, uh, I'd still love to, at, at, you know, if, if yeah. the right situation did arise. This is the, you know, journey God put me on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not fighting it. I'm going to take it, you know, where it wants me to go. It um, seems like you're content as is. So something could be either be added or not your life would still be good. Yeah, I will say I'm content to a certain extent. I have a big dream now. And um, my big dream is that if my, all the business I've invested in, gold and silver, and this, this company I told you with the new technology, I, I've got pretty big investments in them. If it goes according to plan, I want to do an online network, like a 60 minutes, but with real truth. Uh, you know, I right. spent my whole life, you know, making money, you know, working hard, making money. Um, and I don't say that in an egotistical manner, but I always wonder, like, what does God want me to do with it? And now I, I understand, like, okay, this is it, Joe. You know, you're strong enough. You're mature enough. You're centered enough. You know, now you could do something good with the money, not, you know, something that the world tells you you should be doing with. Well, so I that's do, my hope. I hope next you, year, so. Yeah, I hope you do something like that uh, sooner rather than later for the sake of the rest of us in the world. Uh, because, you know, I mean, I think it's needed right now. And one, one thing I really enjoy talking with people like yourself who've done something with their lives, there's kind of like some people are maybe, I don't know, let's say money people or whatever. Other people are more like activist people. But uh, I don't see why we can't do both. You know, why? And in fact, it's a lot easier, obviously. I mean, we try to compete. This could be a whole other conversation, but we try to compete with the Facebooks and the YouTubes uh, of this world. And uh, a lot of times people have trouble competing with them because they have no money to, to compete with them. So, I mean, the money to me is a big component here. It's capitalism. You need to take capital and use it, you know, so that you can compete with these guys. So I, I think it's great to see, you know, somebody who has money and has an interest in activism. Because to me, those things, I think they are just, they should be married in some way anyway, if you really want to do good things in this world. It always includes doing something for other people to kind of help other people out. And uh, I think we're, go ahead. we're in a very special time in history. Yeah. All the technology is there to reach people, you know, very inexpensively. Yeah. All the work has been done 
on finding the truth. There's 9 million people out there who think like us, who've done the work, but there's not a big stage for them. Yeah. So, you know, so I always wondered like, okay, what is God, you know, I have this business, I worked and I worked and worked. And I'm like, what's he preparing me for? You know, I'm building this skill set in business. I'm not a guy like you to do interviews and stuff. That's not my strong point. You know, I'm more of the business guy. Right. And, um, and I think, okay, maybe this is it. You know, I could find all these people who have great stories to tell and get the real truth out there to use my business knowledge. And that's my hope. That's yeah. My hope. And in terms of what's needed, I often ask what's needed in the world. You know, there's a lot of things that are saturated. You know, this market is saturated, this market. Well, one thing that obviously is not saturated is the market for truth within the media. <laughs> you know, the media has done such a great job of just putting out the bad and holding up the good. I mean, even myself, yes, I'm a small potatoes guy out there, but I've had, I've had stuff, I've been reporting on COVID and different things, natural health field. I've, I've had several of my videos pulled down by YouTube and I've had to fight them, you know, left and right. So I know what it's like and I know how bad it is. There's a curtain, it's like an iron curtain. Remember the iron curtain with Soviet Union? It was like an iron media curtain. So. Yeah, that's definitely a, a place that if we, imagine if we could change one thing in this world, if we could take the media and open it up to more truth, it would have such an impact. Because I, I go to the store and I see people with their masks on and they're listening to what they hear out there. And the media, I can see it starting to break on people. It's starting to break through a little bit, but the media still has a lot of control. So we have a long way to go. So I, I wish you the best in that, Joe. I really do. Yeah, and it's funny you bring that up. So I'm in the midst of writing a business plan right now, and I, I'm doing it to get people who can help me build this organization. And the thing that I, I start out with is, could you imagine if we were able to have just for one month a major media source to get our message out, yeah. how we can change the world? We only need a month. That's all we need. I know. <laughs> and, and I think, you know what? You know, I think it's time. I think it it's is time. time. Oh, yeah, it's time. It, it, we're, I can see the breakthrough, even with COVID and masks and all the lies. Uh, that's just one aspect. But I can see certain breakthroughs. I watch people when I go out. I go in this, uh, was out there yesterday looking around. I was in the stores. And I was, you know, I could even see. You go to the bank, you go to different things. I could see, even with that, I could see a little bit of breakthrough, like a few less people with their masks on, you know, than before. Everybody was kind of taking all the, the stuff for a while and now there's like this little breakthrough and i think that's happening in many areas now so and i see voices i see new voices coming out there uh black white different men women i see people that aren't even born in america people that uh, have come to america some of the some of the best voices by the way i did a video on that some of the best voices are people who have come to america because they really appreciate what we have here and some of us who have lived here we've gotten a little bit jaded or something, but they, they know what they had in these other countries and they know what America offers. And we still offer, as you said earlier, the most amazing country in the world with, with so many opportunities. So anyway, I want to thank you so much for being with me, Joe. It was really a pleasure to interview you. And you said that you were going to give out maybe an, an email if, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you. Yeah. If anybody wants to get in touch with me, it's printerjoe at comcast.net. I'll spell that out. P-R-I-N-T-E-R-J-O-E at Comcast.net. It'd be my pleasure to help anybody um, uh, any way I can. Excellent. Did I miss anything that you wanted to say that uh, you felt like I wanted to say before we ended? 
I want to thank you for having me, Patrick. It was a lot of fun. Uh, don't get to have conversations like this very often. So uh, oh, I really appreciate you allowing me uh, to do this. It was an honor to uh, have you on. And uh, I first talked to Greg, because I know Greg, your friend Greg. Greg was nice enough and humble enough, let's say, to say, hey, I know a lot about you know metals, and, and I could talk to you a lot about it. But Joe is like on another level. Uh, as far as people who've done this as a hobby, You've taken this very, very seriously. He said, you should talk to Joe, and Joe will really will fill you in and fill the audience in on what they need to know, and I think you've done that today. Greg's a great friend of mine. Great friend of mine. Yeah, he's a great guy. I really like Greg. So anyway, thanks for being with me, and um, I'm going to just close out. So thanks for being with me, and I'm going to – I think you might have to see yourself out of here, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you do it on your end. But thanks so much for being with me today. I really – Hope we talk in the future, and it was, it was definitely my pleasure to speak with you. And you'll send me a copy of this when you get it done? Absolutely. You got it. Thank you very much. Take care now. Bye-bye. All right. That was Joe Grande, and really Joe knows uh, precious gold and precious metals really, really well, as you can, as you can tell by, by, by listening to him. Very nice man as well. So I, this is the first time I was able to actually uh, talk with him. And I thank, thanks to my friend Greg again for letting me know about Joe. And I want to do, as I said, with the old school podcast, I want to deal with successful, you know, natural health, success, and freedom. Those are my m mantras. Those are the three pillars of old school. And you go to oldschoolus.com to, uh, to find out more. But I really want to deal with success right now because we've been held down so much by COVID and all the rioting and stuff going on. It's just ridiculous. It's time to, for America to succeed. If there are anything, any subject matter or people that you'd like me to interview uh, regarding the idea of success and how we can have more of it as Americans and people living around the world, then feel free to let me know. You can, you can always send me an email, uh, info at oldschoolus.com, info at oldschoolus.com. With that said, thank you so much for being with me today. I look forward to seeing you again on the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Old School with Patrick Rooney. Visit OldSchoolUS.com to find out more about natural health, success, and freedom. See you next time.